We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, what is up? Steven here doing a quick video for you on a Sunday night. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the combine and all that came with that experience. Uh, I certainly enjoyed all of the rumors that are swirling surrounding the Chargers. We got Von Miller rumors, JC Jackson rumors. Everybody that is an expensive free agent is now connected to the Chargers. It's great stuff here for all of that content. So um wanted to specifically focus in on the Chargers secondary and how they could kind of revamp that unit and be a unit that could uh, that can live up to the standard that Brandon Staley has for that specific group. Um, really, because that was uh, really my biggest takeaway from his press conference uh, was that he is going to be looking for better DBs to be able to cover the way that he wants to cover. So obviously, there are a different uh, variety of ways that they can go about that. Um, so I just kind of wanted to lay everything out on the table in terms of the Chargers secondary, um, give a potential model, if you will, for a way that they can revamp the unit and then kind of lay out some potential depth chart options as well. So that being said, I'm going to share my screen here. There we go. All right. So like I said, this is a secondary centric uh, off-season plan. There we go. If it was able to load. Um, of course, Brandon Staley was at the combine this week, and really at every press conference possible, um, he was kind of saying that they need to be better on the back end of the defense. Um, shout out to the Chargers, by the way, being able to uh, put all of his interviews up on their website. If you haven't, go check them out. I think each of them, you know, provide some certain insights. So, Again, this is specifically a, a secondary-centric off-season plan for me that I've kind of uh, put together. So, all right. So, let's get to head a little bit, a little spoiler there. Um, all right. So, I, I think the first thing, obviously, when when talking about kind of revamping a union, you've got to be able to talk about the way that this kind of goes for this team and, and who are the key pieces here. So, um, obviously, Michael Davis, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Asante Samuel Jr., Tavon Campbell, Kimon Hall, Alohi Gilman, and Mark Webb are all back. Chris Harris is really the only unrestricted free agent uh, among this group. 
And this is, of course, a group that added some pieces like Trey Marshall and Devonta Harris throughout the season as they were they're kind of struggling through injuries. Um, of course, Ryan Smith was on here as well. He was always more of a special teams player. Um, so ultimately, this unit ranked 19th in pass defense DVA. Of course, that linebackers play into that too a little bit, obviously. Um, the, the key things that I think are, are things that Brandon Staley are, is looking for is specifically improvement on third down there you see 32nd and stop percentage on third down and then 22nd in interceptions again that's linebackers defensive linemen of course contribute to that statistic but those are statistics that i think the chargers are really looking to improve upon this season it felt like everybody and their dog <laughs> dropped a lot of interceptions this year including derwin james asante samuel jr and Nasir adderley Tavon campbell you name it so that's kind of the, the quick summary, right? I thought they played okay. Like when everybody was healthy, it looked good. Problem was that none of them were healthy and that kind of exposed the lack of depth. So I think the key here obviously is a Chris Harris departure. Do not expect him to be back in free agency. So Asante Samuel Jr. could potentially take on that unit. Kind of depends exactly who they are targeting, right? But, um, you know, if he is going to be in the slot in the future, then that means that they need a true outside cornerback opposite of Michael Davis. If Asante Samuel Jr. is going to stick on the outside, then of course that means they need a better slot corner. So either way, they have to upgrade one of those spots. And then really the biggest difference, I think, in this roster and where they can improve is the guys like Tavon Campbell, Kimon Hall, and then one of the safety spots. So um, that being said, let's dive into it. All right, so you saw a little glimpse of it earlier. Um, this is the Broncos model that I wanted to uh, kind of lay out and follow, if you will, and, and really kind of outline how the Broncos solved their secondary issues uh, last season. Obviously, Demarion and Staley was not on either of these coaching staffs, but we know how important Vic Mangio is to him as a player or as a coach, excuse me, um, and being able to establish his own philosophies through there. So. Just looking up and down the 2020 Broncos secondary chart, it is kind of sad how it worked out. But, you know, they signed A.J. Bouye as like their big ticket free agent. Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, and Michael Ojemudia were kind of like their starting five, if you will. Um, and then they had Isaac Yadam, Devontae Bosby, Bosby, I don't know how you say that one, Ising Bassey, and Trey Marshall. Obviously, <laughs> we're familiar with, uh, a little bit familiar with Bassey and pretty familiar with Trey Marshall. But, um, obviously, that unit was not good enough. They, the Broncos had a lot of issues with that unit, similar to the Chargers, kind of was one of the bottom, you know, five or six units in the league, despite some top end talent like Justin Simmons. Um, and, you know, just kind of struggle with injuries. So I like the way that the Broncos really attacked this unit. They invested premium resources into the secondary. And I think that's kind of something we're seeing the Chargers potentially doing. So um, of course, it started in free agency with Ronald Darby. He was their big ticket free agent addition. They signed into a three-year, $30 million deal. Um, and this was during the COVID year. So, I mean, if Ronald Darby was hitting free agency now, that number is probably closer to 35, just kind of based off of what we're hearing um, from PFF and, and, and SpotRack and everything over the cap and everybody like that. Market is obviously better this year than it was last year. So a player like Ronald Darby, very solid number two corner, probably gets three for 35, at least three for 33 in the current market. So keep that in mind. Um, and then, of course, they invested a first-round draft pick in Patrick Sertan, the second. Great player, off to a great start, looks like a premier corner in this league. 
Um, they also drafted Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson, both with fifth round picks to bring in some safety depth behind Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. After the draft, they circled back to Kyle Fuller. Um, obviously, they kind of expected more of him. He, he never really felt in place in Denver, kind of switching between slot and outside, but they signed him for a one-year $9.5 million deal. So they spent, in terms of the COVID offseason, they spent a good amount of change, and then they invested three uh, top five draft picks, if you will, into the secondary. So this is kind of the way that I'm looking at this group, going back to things a little bit. Like I said, I think obviously with Michael Davis, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, and Asante Samuel Jr., it's not quite as dire as that 2020 Broncos group was. Uh, but like I said, you need a true nickel or a true CB2. You need a true safety three. And then you need a, you need a cornerback four or a cornerback five. And, you know, you kind of shake things out a little bit there. So um, just keep these in mind. I'm you know, trying to go back and forth and we'll see how it goes. So um, let me get to the next one. All right. So in terms of free agency pass for the Chargers here, there's a lot of interesting names being thrown around right now. Um, Mike Garofolo kind of <laughs> threw gasoline on this fire. I did not have JC Jackson and Stephon Gilmore on this uh, slide until earlier tonight, but, um, you know, pro football focus and PFF rad over the cap guys, this is how they have all these players kind of valued at. So JC Jackson, obviously, oops, sorry about that. Um, JC Jackson, obviously the cream of the crop in terms of the cornerback market. Um, he's projected four years, $72 million. I still would be surprised if the chargers were in on him specifically. Um, you know, I think the good news in terms of Garofolo's tweet, is that the Chargers are doing their homework on a lot of different paths to upgrade the secondary. Like I said, you know, there's supposedly some character concerns there and really investing 18, $20 million into a corner really limits your options in terms of upgrading the depth. So me personally, I have a hard time imagining them investing that kind of money into one player along with Mike Williams um especially based off of what brandon staley is saying in the combine right like they want to be a complete team they want to be a deeper team i happen to think they don't need star players anymore i think they're set in that regard obviously if players become stars then great right this team needs depth so they need to kind of be shopping in the the later aisles if you will so um stefan gilmore of course was the other one apparently richard sherman <laughs> thinks that Gilmer is going to be moving out West. And, uh, you know, of course that was kind of fun there too. So, and then Jeremy Fowler specifically mentioned Charvarius Ward as a potential target for the chargers. He he's projected at three years, $31.5 million. Um, on our show, when we were talking about this yesterday, Tyler was saying that he saw $14 million as a value for him. I haven't seen that from PFF or over the cap, um, maybe spot rack, but, um, PFF has him as three years, 31.5. Darius Williams, of course, is the other one. He has ties directly to Brandon Staley. Very familiar with this scheme. Three years, $33 million is his evaluation. And then after that, Rasul Douglas is really interesting. There is scheme familiarity there. I think there is uh, a little bit more risk in investing that kind of money, three years, $20 million in Rasul Douglas because of just kind of the uncertainty there, right? Like is his play kind of a fluke from last year? That was really the first year that he was truly playing and making an impact. So I'm a little hesitant there, but of course there are, there is scheme familiarity. 
And we know how Tom Telesco likes his former Packers. Um, then the other ones that kind of make sense for me, Mike Hughes uh, played in Minnesota with uh, Ryan Ficken. He was kind of a special teams guy, inside, outside flexibility. And then Bryce Callahan, the slot corner from Denver, of course, and as well as Kyle Fuller, who I mentioned earlier. Those three players, a bit of your, more of your supporting cast. Those are more of your CB4 nickel kind of players. Um, and then in terms of the safety position, I think Jaron Kurt or Jaron Kurz, excuse me, um, really is kind of my guy here. Three years, $18 million. I think that'd be a fantastic addition, really kind of frees up more possibilities for Derwin James to play in the box or play in the slot and then have him and Curse really be interchangeable pieces and allow Nasir Adderley to kind of roam in the back like we know that he can do. Um, Kareem Jackson, also another interesting piece, very familiar with Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill, of course. Um, he's going to be cheap. He's a cheaper veteran. Um, again, not somebody that would break the bank or necessarily be like a huge difference maker. Um, but that just allows the Chargers to have more flexibility, more depth, not be caught in the middle of trying to figure out if Alohi Gilman and Mark Webb are really kind of capable players or not. Um, Jabril Peppers is another interesting name. Just realized I forgot that extra parentheses there. That's my bad. Um, he's not necessarily connected to the team, right, directly, but um, obviously familiar with the Cleveland coaching staff who was familiar with Ryan Ficken. The Chargers did a lot of homework on the Giants special teams coaches. So there could be something there. PFF has him as kind of a prove it one year, $6 million deal. And then Bobby McCain, I think, is another uh, name for me to keep an eye on because I think in a world where you're trying to allow Nasir Adderley to have some more flexibility, I think you want to be able to have that true free safety to be able to make that happen. Gives them some speed, flexibility. He actually started his career as a slot defender in Miami and was on uh, was coached by Ronaldo Hill. So there is a connection there, and I think he would make some sense in that regard. So these are kind of the names, of course, that, that make some sense to me. The Chargers have been linked to, um, and we'll go through some of them, some of the potential options in a second. Obviously, of course, the other option for the Chargers to kind of help supplement that or supplement some of those players is the draft. We just, just obviously had the combine. Um, in terms of round one options, I can't imagine Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley are going to be on the board, although Matt Miller from ESPN seems to think that Derek Stingley could kind of fall down the board due to his injury and kind of uncertainty. Um, but really, I think you're looking at Trent McDuffie and Andrew Booth from Clemson. McDuffie from Washington, really athletic freak. However, his length, I think, pushes him into the slot. So this is kind of an interesting conversation, right? Because then you could have McDuffie and Asante Samuel Jr. really kind of rotate them as much as possible and, and allow one of them to be in the slot at all times. I think that gets really too smart and heady players onto the field. And you can be able to, like I said, really just create a lot of uh mismatches if you will or matchup advantages two players who are really able to keep really capable of getting the ball i think mcduffie probably a better athlete than asante samuel jr but very similar stylistically mcduffie obviously a couple inches taller booth is really more of your stereotypical outside corner did not get to see him test he was batting through an injury but he did check in at 6 1 33 inch arms so if you, asante is moving to the slot 
Andrew Booth makes a lot of sense, checks all those boxes that you want in an outside corner. Um, in terms of day two options, I think there are a lot of good quality corners to target here. You're certainly not getting top end upside like you are with a McDuffie or a Booth, but I think these players can be really good. Um, I threw Jalen Petre in on here. He's more of like a DB as opposed to a true corner. Um, he's more of somebody that you probably want to rotate in at safety, put him at the slot, really another chess piece as opposed to an outside corner or as purely a slot corner. Uh, Kobe Bryant, of course, had to mention him, LA ties and all, but I do think that Bryant is a really solid outside cornerback option. And again, he's more of your size. He's listed at six, one, a little bit more physical press man kind of corner really got a lot of targets thrown his way because he was playing with sauce Gardner and Brian has a lot of good ball production. So I think that's somebody that I'm pretty interested in. Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, really productive, feisty slot corner. So again, if you want to keep Asante Samuel Jr. outside, then Cam Taylor Britt, I think, is, is a good option there. Tariq Wolden from UTSA, I personally have not watched him outside of what he put out on the Senior Bowl. But, I mean, he's 6'4", ran a 4'3". Like, dude is long, lanky, and fast. And frankly, you can't teach that. So... Uh, I think he absolutely is in play in day two, just based off of what we know uh, there. And then Tariq Castro Fields is another player that I'm really fond of. Um, I think you have to have a certain mentality as a starting corner, especially in the NFL. And Castro Fields had a really, really great collection of film based off of who he had to play up you know, against in the Big Ten, whether it was all the Ohio State guys, Michigan guys, David Bell, you know, all these players who are very productive. Tariq Castrofields has gone up against all of them. He had a good senior bowl week, not a great senior bowl week, but he's longer, faster. I think he ran a 4-4-7, which is, is very good speed for an outside corner. And I think he is somebody that has been productive and would be a good fit on the outside in Brandon State's team. Then day three, I have not done a ton of homework on these players, to be honest with you. Uh, Kalen Barnes from Baylor. <clears throat> is really just like he's big and fast <laughs> you know those baylor guys put on a show this week he's an interesting player not super fluid you know he's not pro ready like his teammate Jalen petre alante taylor from tennessee is somebody that i have had an eye on for a while just based just because um what's his name oh my goodness the secondary coach uh derek ansley excuse me um his connection to taylor i think taylor is a very flexible DB. Again, he played a lot of outside corner for Tennessee, went to the senior bowl, did a lot of everything, played safety, played in the slot, played outside. Um, and that's somebody that makes a lot of sense. And then Damari Mathis is another one from Pittsburgh. Um, and somebody that really stood out to me at the senior bowl as somebody that really surprised me. I didn't know who he was. I had to go back and check. Um, I think he ran in the low four fours or high three nines. So um, really fast physical player also has college connection or ties to the coaching staff of the Chargers, due to Chris Beatty, who is the receivers coach who obviously coached at Pittsburgh before this. So those are more of your ties. And I think they would be, you know, kind of interesting options for the Chargers. All right. So let's kind of put this, these pieces together. And if my computer will load, I don't know why this is taking so long right now. There we go. So some potential depth chart options for you guys, just some options that I think make a lot of sense. If the chargers do want to go and solve their depth problem in free agency, 
then this is something that I, I think can make sense. You have Michael Davis, you have Asante Samuel Jr. in your nickel slot spot. You go sign Charvarius Ward, who I think is a very, very solid player. And that just gives you a trio that is really solid. I would still be interested in signing like a Kyle Fuller here, somebody that has a strong relationship, scheme familiarity, can play inside, outside, mentor these young players. I think makes a lot of sense. And then you target your fifth cornerback in the draft in this scenario because you have two veterans along with your other players. And this is where Alante Taylor comes in because if you do sign these veteran free agents, you're not, you're probably not going to get a first or a second or third round corner just based off of the focus in free agency that you're putting on that group. So I think that's a really good uh, starting five, if you will, of corners. You get a young player to develop behind these guys. You get really solid veteran presences. Charvarius Ward is still only 25. So this is kind of my number one option, if I'm being honest with you, for my cornerbacks, because all the other players are all older or pricey. Like JC Jackson is great. I think he would be fantastic in a scheme, but I'm not really interested in spending $20 million on getting a corner. I'd rather spend $11 million, $12 million on Charvarius Ward, who is younger, maybe not have the upside, but he's just a really, really solid player. This allows them to sign somebody like Kyle Fuller as well. And then we'll move on to the safeties. Obviously, you have Duran James and Sierra Adderley. And then I really like the idea of signing Bobby McCain, like I mentioned. Um, maybe not as much as signing Jerron Curse because he's not as good of a player. But again, just a really solid veteran option. He's played a lot of games, played a lot of different positions. You can allow him to play deep safety. And unlike having Trey Marshall or Alohi Gilman or Mark Webb play deep when Nasir Adderley comes into the box, Bobby McCain can actually do that. So um, I, I think they certainly could target a safety in free agency, but or in the draft, excuse me. But I think with Alohi Gilman and Mark Webb, you need another true veteran presence in that room to be able to free up Derwin James, of course. But Nasir Adderley, too, I think, has a lot of potential, playmaking potential that he can still get to. Um, and then on both lists, I have Kimon Hall. He's kind of their special teams player. Um, of course, Darius Winton loved him. He was a favorite of Darius Winton. I don't know how Ryan Ficken is going to feel about him. Um, but I'm okay keeping Kimon Hall on for special teams. Uh, Tavon Campbell in this instance, in both of these instances, is obviously gone. So let's say, for example, though, the Chargers miss out on signing any of these corners, maybe Charvarius Ward gets a $15 million option from somebody else. Again, like I said, JC Jackson signs like crazy money. In this instance, I would pivot towards the safety position and sign a Jerron Curse. Like I mentioned, uh, PFF has him three years, $15 million. I would be in, okay throwing a little, like another million at him per year, give him an $18 million contract across those three years. And then just signing a solid veteran option like Mike Hughes, who I obviously has the coaching connection, to just kind of stabilize the depth and then go out and get a true impact rookie um, like Trent McDuffie. So I think this makes a lot of sense. You get Michael Davis, Mike Hughes is kind of your two outside corners, Asante Semyon Jr., Trent McDuffie. Do a little bit of both, obviously. Um, and then cornerback five, I would have Damari Mathis as my late round target. Um, unlike Asante Alante Taylor, I think he's more of your outside guy, speed guy, and can maybe be a gunner on special teams. So that's kind of why I have him here. 
as opposed to the other names on the left. So these are some options that I think make a lot of sense. If the Chargers want to go heavy free agency, sorry, hit my mic, heavy free agency, you get the list on the left. A little bit more heavy on the draft side, but you still add some good veterans. Then you go to the right, go through the draft, get a Trent McDuffie or an Andrew Booth or somebody like that. So um, I really like Andrew Booth for what it's worth. Uh, he is going to have a higher grade for me than Trent McDuffie. I just think that fit is cleaner. I think McDuffie is more pro ready because of his high IQ, his ball skills and things like that. And I think both of these options would be pretty interesting, right? Like you see kind of how things can go for this unit. So uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, this is a really interesting exercise, obviously, to, to really focus in on the Chargers secondary like this because Brandon Staley wants to revamp it, add a lot more bodies. Um, I would like to see them be able to add that 10th spot. They only carried nine last year for the most part until the back end of the season when everybody was healthy. So relegating Kevon Hall to that special teams role as opposed to that CB5 role would make a lot of sense. I do think Alohi Gilman is on the cutting block for in terms of training camp purposes uh, in this potential scenario. And that kind of sucks, but we just haven't really seen enough out of him. So I think that's absolutely in play. Uh, unfortunately, kind of uh, propping up the back end of that 2020 draft right now. But, you know, we'll kind of see what happens there. So, again, let me know what you guys think. Uh, there's obviously a lot going around right now in terms of the secondary with JC Jackson and things like that. Um, again, my option is not to spend <laughs> my preferred option is not to spend 20 million dollars on a cornerback that I'm a little bit uncertain of his uh, background, shall we say. So again, that's going to do it for me. Let me know what you guys think. Like the video, comment, always subscribe, and of course, turn those notifications on. And we'll see you guys next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.